For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Today's Entrepreneur, a program about the entrepreneurial spirit that drives Quebec business. My name is Josh Miller from FL Fuller Landau, and the voice that you're missing tonight is our very own Dan Delmar. Uh, you know, he claims he didn't have that great a weekend. It's not his fault for being sick. Uh, I guess the flu bug got him. So you are basically uh, only working with uh, myself tonight. There's uh, no that that excellent repartee between the two of us, but uh, we shall absolutely manage. On our program tonight, we have Olivier Prou of Modena Kitchens, and we're going to come up to his story a little bit uh, later on, uh, maybe a touch sooner than usual. And uh, and in the uh, the last segment of our show, after 45, uh, later on, we're going to have Kevin Ammerman, uh, who's our IT uh, specialist, and he's going to uh, come to us with our, our twiddle notes, our This Week in Data Loss, as well as some challenges for entrepreneurs about shopping online from both the business aspect and, of course, we'll touch base on from the consumer front, too, because it's the season, tis the season with uh, shopping and Christmas, and I know with Modena Kitchens, you know, and other businesses out there, there's lots of stuff selling online, so we'll kind of touch base with that as well. But first, let's get to some news of the week. Uh, and th there's a number of stories out there. Let's start with, um, there was in, in the Globe and Mail, we have this, uh, this article, Why a Startup Went to India. To, to solve a problem. And, and it's not so much the, the problem that they were trying to solve the diabetes issue, but it's more of the, the companies in Canada that are going offshore. The companies in Canada that are finding cheaper locations to, to do their business, to hire the people, to have everybody is kind of gets frustrated with the call centers, whether, you know, from these large companies that, that you have uh, the, you know, whether it's India or, or wherever it's coming from. However, there's definitely a cost advantage to it. I know in the in the accounting profession and the legal profession, uh, there's certainly uh, areas where there there can be cheaper labor to do the, well, I won't say grunt work, but it's a little bit of grunt work uh, and kind of the repetitive work that goes on. Uh, and and I find that the businesses today, when they're when they're really looking at cost cutting and advantage that the labor market, and certainly in North America where you have minimum wages that are relatively high, or at least by comparison, it's looking to other alternatives. And alternatives such as India uh, and such as uh, other, other Far East countries can absolutely prove to be the right answer for you. But it does require some investigations and it does require some legwork and it does require uh, knowledge of that area and how to work there with the labor laws and whatever have you. So definitely a possibility. We see it happen every day. Is it for every business? No. But when you're looking at cost cutting, that's definitely something that uh, that can be looked at. On a different note, uh, there, there's an article that uh, that is talking about the malls in uh, in Canada and uh, kind of a mall malaise you know they have these malls that are that are really trying to get all their huge anchor tenants uh, you know the as as we've seen as people have gone around you know the the Victoria's Secret secrets of the world or the Walmarts of the world uh, or or what have you uh, you know the H and M's the the all these all these large clothing that are spending a, a lot of money and a lot of effort and a lot of time uh, trying to build this beautiful big store and the malls are eating it up they absolutely want to do it but what is it taking what is it taking away from the small store that's it I, I I've heard of a number of covenants companies another number of retailers that just can no longer afford the rent that these big malls are forcing on the smaller tenants uh, so is it is it harder with the with the malls to be in business yes however if you're gonna be in a mall that here's the trade-off you might be paying more rent 
Absolutely. As a matter of fact, you're likely paying more rent. But the question is, what are you getting in return? Are you getting the right foot traffic? If you feel that you you don't want to you want to exchange your marketing dollars the money that you would spend on on publicity and advertising uh, even even online with uh, Google AdWords uh, or, or certain social media if you can't do it in house well then absolutely if you want to exchange it for mall foot traffic that's that's sometimes a decision that people like to take so it's uh, it's something that that could be very interesting but it's it's a decision and you absolutely have to decide if it's for you or not and where you spend the money and where you spend the dollars all the malls have these fantastic stats of, of foot traffic and even parts of the mall so it, it, it becomes a trade-off and and how you measure uh, your marketing efforts as we go on we have uh, I guess a, another story that's come up and everybody hears a lot about uh, Dragon's Den uh, and, you know, everybody loves to watch it. It's always a great story. Uh, I guess what people don't always realize is is the, the amount of deals that actually get made. It's kind of a fraction of that, uh, that, that actually close. And on TV, we see a fraction of it. But even afterwards, there was a story in, in, uh, in, in the Financial Post uh, asking the question, is crowdfunding better than Dragon's Den or better than a Dragon's Den deal? And... It seems, at least in, in in certain circumstances, that crowdfunding is actually easier to get funds. It's it's uh, certainly less from a legal side, less from a negotiating standpoint. Um, you don't have the the I guess your fifteen minutes of fame when you're on air, and and that itself could be a very worthwhile exercise. But then the question is, you know, how much information do you give investors where you have to disclose information and go through the legal process? Um, versus crowdfunding versus having a great idea putting it online like a kickstarter uh, making sure you have a great video and a great team around you and of course a great product that that can truly attract the uh the, the consumers that don't mind spending the 20 30 40 or even a hundred dollars a person just to be kind of first in line so it was very interesting uh, aspect or interesting spin on when you're when the company's starting a business really and it needs funding where does it go to uh, so I think crowdfunding or a, a Kickstarter type, uh, you know, an Indiegogo, that kind of stuff, I think actually offers uh, a, a, a great alternative. And uh, b- before we get before we get to uh, to Olivier and his story, uh, kind of one other one other story that came up, um, and it's it's kind of how do you sell a product that's still being developed? You know, as we talk about the crowdfunding, as we talk about the Kickstarter stuff, uh, it, it's it's really bringing a product to market. And how can you bring a product to market? How can you get the big boys to buy or your customers to buy if it's not proven yet? So in this article, uh, it, it certainly it talks about uh, how you involve your customers and involve uh, an advisory board of people that actually will make a difference and can help you develop your product on the way because A, you'll get direct input from them. You'll get buy-in. Uh, it's it, you'll You'll be able to get that much more testimonial, I guess, from direct customers uh, if they get involved. And, and you find that a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs want to get in on the ground and want to get in at, the, at that level. And if they can influence a product, a product that they'll ultimately use and that they support, uh, I, I think it's, it's absolutely great. We're at 7.13 and, uh, you know, you might be uh, tired of, of listening just to me and my monologue. So let's kind of bring in Olivier Pru of Modena Kitchens and uh, welcome uh, Olivier to the show. Thank you. And we're 
Modena Kitchens, you know, has been around a number of years. It's it's in the the the, the kitchen, the building of kitchens. Uh, but but let's let's just get an idea. Let the listener get an idea, Olivia, and and kind of the easiest question of the night. Oh, well, they're all easy. But uh, what is Modena Kitchens? We actually import kitchen, bathroom, uh, media units from Italy. Uh, so everything is built overseas. Uh, it's built in Italy, and then it's uh, sent either um, by container or by air uh, over here. Our clients are. You know, anybody from uh, uh, a homeowner renovating uh, a new kitchen, uh, renovating his home, sorry, or, um, you know, our other clientele is multi-unit developers. Uh, so someone who's building a condo tower. Now, you're so you're, it's both a direct to the consumer and group contractors, what have you. Exactly. Was that where you had started? How long ago did Modena start? It's going on its fifth year, and... Uh, my focus when I started out was really to go after the multi-unit market uh, because it's something that I felt uh, was not saturated at the time, but, uh, you know, I thought there was room for a new product and, uh, you know, something that developers were not used to seeing anymore. Uh, so that's how it started out. And But you you learned, I mean, I know that it takes a lot of knowledge, it takes a lot of background to get into certainly the kitchen business that has, you know, and certainly in the in the general contractor, in the construction, uh, a lot of people in Montreal, you know, they kind of hear construction a little bit and kind of a little wary, but then they talk about their kitchens and of course everybody wakes up and says, yeah, I'd love to have a new kitchen. So when we come back uh, after the break, it'll be interesting to hear a little bit more on the, the consumers, how you sell, how you kind of marketed when you, when you first started out and maybe a little bit today, five years in. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. My name is Josh Miller from FL Fuller Landau, and we are here with our guest this evening of Olivier Pru of Modena Kitchens. Uh, later on the program, we'll have Kevin Ammerman uh, talking to us about, you know, online shopping and, you know, tis the season coming up. So that'll be interesting. We'll stick around for that. But as we as we listen to Olivier and, and continue his story, uh, you know, there's you're, you started your business about five years ago. And, uh, certainly you got to, people have to know that you're out there. Now you, now you came from a background. What was the background you came from before you started this business? I had two parents who were actually in the kitchen cabinet business for a number of years, manufacturing and then buying and selling, uh, uh, you know, Canadian products. And, uh, I, uh, decided, you know, like I said before, I want to get into the multi-unit, uh, side of things so uh, I had to make a move uh, in order to get the right product to get into uh, into that market so uh, to get that uh, get that right product uh, I had to get a product called Scavellini uh, which is from Italy like I mentioned before and uh, you know that's how I got things going but the first step was really getting the right product so even before you have any marketing plan whatsoever I mean you gotta have if you don't have the right product and you don't have that whether that's the brand or the excellence or, or the, the delivery, then it's hard to do. So does that mean you got the product before you even decided what you would do from a marketing standpoint? I did. And, uh, you know, that's really where it started from. Uh, after that, the planning came uh, once I had the product. But I'm also fortunate enough that uh, the product itself is uh, pretty well known worldwide. And, uh, you know, they do a lot of advertising and a lot of marketing on their own, uh, which I'm able to back onto. 
So do you find, uh, b- because you've tagged on to, to this, this unique or this one supplier, do you have any say in the marketing? Do they control it all? Do you, like how, how involved do you get in their marketing, at least in, in our neighborhood in North America and Canada? Um, could be, because do you sell only in Canada or you sell elsewhere? I sell only in Quebec. Only uh, in I have Quebec, the representation okay. for Quebec. So do you, because Quebec can be a, a, a distinct area, we'll, we'll say, um, is there any marketing that you do either other than Scavellini or do that, or do you kind of give them a little bit of guidance here? Actually, uh, for certain advertising, uh, you know, on C- Canadian publications, uh, they will do bilingual publications because keeping in mind that, you know, Quebec is like you said, distinct from the rest of Canada, uh, marketing wise, definitely. And, uh, Anything local, uh, you know, we take care of. Uh, but Scavellini itself definitely controls, uh, uh, you know, publications such as Architectural Digest, El Decor, you know, the prestigious stuff. They really have uh, a hands-on approach uh, because they want to protect their branding also. Uh, it's definitely something that they keep an eye on. Uh, no doubt. Listen, if if they're if they're marketing around the world, then and absolutely they want to protect their brand and their name. But also interesting in Quebec, you still have to do a little bit more. And when we we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more on the marketing and a little bit more on you know what uh, what lessons that uh, that Olivier learned from his from his parents uh, and kind of what changes uh, he did in his own business coming up. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on FL Montreal. We are coming up to 726 and our uh, guest this evening, our inspiring story tonight from Outstanding Business People is Olivier Prou uh, of Modena Kitchens. And we were, we were talking before Olivier about uh, marketing and, you know, there's marketing that your, your main supplier does worldwide, but certainly, you know, in Quebec, you, you still have to do some things a little bit different. You got to stand out. Um, kind of what do you do that's different and, and. Who do you like? Do you outsource? Do you have somebody internally? What do you do? Well, actually, my background is in advertising and uh, uh, and PR, so there's a lot of stuff that I do take care of myself. Um, but you know, I think that visually, a lot of our print ads, for instance, uh, should be different depending on you know which uh, crowd we're speaking to. Different magazines, different uh, uh, different media's that we're using, uh, the message changes, and I think that's really one important aspect. Uh, that has to be uh, taken into account when you're designing a campaign. So, the, and there's no doubt there's a ton of competition out there. So when you're marketing and you're trying to look at a little bit different, how closely do you look at the competition? How closely do you do you monitor? And how how much do you adjust as a result? I mean, constantly. I I think as a business owner, it's one of the most important things uh, is to be aware of what's going on in your industry, uh, whether I'm traveling anywhere. I think it becomes, even if it's a leisure trip, I think it always becomes a little bit of a business trip uh, into looking at, you know, what's being done elsewhere. I think that's really important to uh, to monitor. Do you do trade shows? Yeah, we do actually. We do the CZM at Plasma Adventure. And, uh, you know, corporately, there's the IDS show in Toronto. There's the Milan Fair, which comes every two years. Uh, do you find that trade shows are useful or are they a waste of dollars? I mean, to a certain extent, it depends how much you invest yourself into each trade show. I, I think that represents, uh, uh, you know, our biggest challenge is to finding that right uh, dosage of uh, time and money uh, 
uh, and also presence. But, you know, ultimately, I think these trade shows are important. It shows that we are, uh, you know, leaders in the market. So, and, and of course, you get to see kind of who else is out there and what they're doing. And do you worry about people kind of stealing your ideas or copying you? Or is that really not, doesn't cross your mind at all? I mean, I think any form of, uh, of copying is flattery uh, to a certain extent. Um, you know, we have design, we're luck- fortunate enough that we have Scavellini as a partner who comes out with new designs all the time. And also, uh, anything that comes out in Europe uh, trend-wise for, uh, for cabinetry is usually already a year or two ahead of whatever comes out here. So, so you always feel you're kind of ahead of the game. Sometimes a bit too much. Does that mean you you almost have to sometimes educate your customers as to kind of what's coming and what they should be on the lookout for? Absolutely. I think when people walk into our showroom, they should feel like they're seeing something different and a little bit trend-setting. Uh, so definitely we do uh, educate them when they come through. Is there, are, are there a lot of, I mean, you know, I don't know how much technology plays a role over the years and how much, you know, whether it's, or the type of materials that come out, what's, I guess, what's the trend today? What do you, what do you see happening or what's, as you said, and you know, if, if Europe is a, a year or two ahead, kind of, what do you see out there? We see a lot of, uh, matte finishes coming, uh, coming in where high gloss for uh, a few years was very in, uh, we're seeing porcelain front doors, glass front doors, uh, antibacterial materials coming out. Uh, which is stuff that, you know, you don't see in Quebec yet. Uh, eventually it'll follow, but this is stuff that's already mainstream in Europe. And, uh, you know, we like to be at the forefront of it. And, and you definitely have to have to keep an eye on things, no doubt, especially if there's lots of competition out there. It's, it's really staying ahead of the curve on, on many aspects. And when we come back from the break, because I know you, you learned from a couple of veterans over the years, but then you kind of, you, you did it on your own. You took your own spin on things. I think that'll be a, an interesting part of the story uh, coming up. We're talking with Olivier Prou of uh, Modena Kitchens, and uh, later on we'll bring uh, Kevin Ammerman into the fold and uh, talk about shopping online and what you should know. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. The voice you're not hearing this evening is uh, our wonderful co-host Dan Delmar, who uh, had a really fun weekend, I gather, because he's he's down a little, feeling a little under the weather. So we certainly wish him well and a, and a speedy recovery. Uh, and we are here tonight with Olivier Prou of Modena Kitchens. And and I know we, we keep talking, uh, Olivier, about this Scavellini line, this this main supplier. This is your product. You know, as you started out and you're looking for this line, how in the world did you find them? And how did you know that they were the right one for you? I actually knew about it from uh, a few years before that. Uh, I think most people in the kitchen business have heard of it at some point. And uh, somebody in Montreal had it for a number of years, and I was flipping through magazines one day, and uh, I saw that this gentleman didn't have the line anymore. And coincidentally, I was going to New York the next day, and uh, Scavellini's North American head office is in New York. So uh, I made a phone call, quick email, and next thing you know, I had an appointment the next day uh, in New York. And I was already going, so it was a great coincidence. So uh, we met, we discussed, went back and forth for a few months, and uh, I eventually got the line uh, for Quebec. Was it easy to deal with? I mean, you're dealing with, uh, you know, overseas suppliers, uh, they're dealing with uh, Quebec entrepreneur. Uh, Was, you know, the few months, did it take longer or shorter than you thought? 
probably a little longer than I thought. I think they uh, they don't want to give the line to anybody. But the one thing that did surprise me is uh, their openness because of my age uh, mm-hmm. to actually hand that line over to me. Uh, I think that was the biggest surprise uh, in those dealings. Listen, I, I presume they saw the passion, the conviction, and the reality is you weren't a new kid on the block. You might be from a company standpoint, but not from an experience standpoint, which kind of leads me to my next question. You gained all this experience from your parents. They're veterans in the industry. Uh, you go out on your own. You, 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 there must be different styles from them versus you. Uh, what was kind of the biggest change or, or, or how you treated your business afterwards? I think the biggest change was adapting to new technologies. Uh, how people shop uh, from setting up a, a website that reflects, you know, the quality of the product that we're selling, uh, you know, the magazine ads, everything else uh, was a different approach. Uh, so kind of coming into the 21st century, if you will. Exactly. I, I think, uh, you know, I was at that point also where I needed to, uh, to go out on my own maybe and uh, do things differently. A little bit different style, whether you're dealing with different people, the suppliers, the customers, kind of put your own twist on it. Exactly. Excellent. So now that you, you kind of have your own twist on it, and, and we'll come back to, actually, you brought up technology. So let's ask right here. Today's, you know, I, I we went through, myself, my wife, more my wife, went through this whole kitchen renovation. And the this was already several years ago. But the amount of software that was available online so that people can truly get an image of what it's going to look like, this technology must absolutely help you and your business and help sell. Yeah, absolutely. We're fortunate enough that Scavellini has its own software uh, to get 3D realistic renderings, uh, which are based on the actual product lines that we have because we have 650 different finishes. So even for us, sometimes it becomes uh, a bit of a challenge to uh, to be able to portray those uh, those different finishes properly, so the software definitely helps us. Uh, we can do a 3D walkthrough. Uh, you know, we present on a big screen TV. All those tools definitely help us on a day to day basis. So is that now now it's again part of the education of the customer, so that they have to kind of learn what to look for and how things can be set up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but you know what's nice about that whole process is that uh, they really feel like they know what they're getting as far as accessories and as far as uh, materials. So now I, I, we've been talking about the business and, and there's no business that, that operates alone. You know, you certainly, I'm sure you have a, a team around you. Uh, how many people are you at Modena? Uh, we're six in the office, mostly design. Uh, and then, uh, you know, of course, there's all the installation crews, uh, site surveyors, that type of stuff uh, that really uh, are our face on the field. Uh, so, you know, that's definitely something that's important that they represent us properly. As, you, as you're starting your own business and as you're, you're certainly growing and building, is it easy to find the team around you, the installers? Uh, what do you look for? Uh, you know, what, what are the criteria you look for when you're hiring? It's extremely difficult. And I think the most important thing is finding people who share my passion uh, for delivering, you know, a nice product in a timely manner and co- in a cost efficient way. But more than that, it's someone who goes home at night and uh, yes, can relax, but you know, their mind is still uh, thinking about how they can make things better. And, you know, they bring solutions to the table and uh, uh, bring in new uh, new ways of seeing things. That's really important to me. And have you ever had to kind of part ways with somebody in your team, an installer or whatever, because you realize that 
they didn't share or they didn't continue to share that that passion, that desire, that drive, that understanding? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it happens, but uh, you know, we always hope that everybody that we have on board is uh, you know sharing the same vision that we do have. Do you meet with your team often? I mean, you know, you always work side by side, but is there a formality or is there, it's more informal when you're working together? No, it's more informal. We're, you know, we have a lot of work to do, so everybody kind of goes their own way, but we always make time that if we need to set something straight and, uh, you know, work in finding ways to do things better, uh, to take the time and do that. And as you're starting your new business, you know, and of course you have your parents that you look up to and that you've learned a lot from, have you, have you, do you bounce ideas off of your team? Do you have kind of a mentor that you, that you worked with over the years when you were starting, or did you really kind of look to your experience with your parents for that? Well, we always bounce ideas with our team. I think that's, uh, you know, something really important, uh, uh, they see things that I don't see. So I think that's something that's really important. Uh, I also have a good family friend who's actually my insurance broker who uh, uh, mentored me uh, and really gave me a hand uh, uh, the past few years. Again, it was a new market for me. Uh, it's a little bit intimidating maybe at first uh, uh, to see you know the sheer number of kitchens that have to be installed and delivered on mm -hmm. certain projects. But uh, I think that, uh, he's really given me a hand and, uh, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I have really good people around me, uh, that have really helped me out. And you certainly logistics play a huge role because the timing of the delivery and, and the installation is, is absolutely monstrous. So I'm sure there was, there was a lot of that that you learned uh, just quickly before we hit 45 from a logistics standpoint, did you learn a lot over the last few years? I learn every day. <laughs> it's still, uh, uh, you know, it's an intricate part of our business, uh, the logistics, uh, you know, we need to be on top of that all the time. No doubt. Uh, we're, we're talking with Olivier Pru of Modena Kitchens, uh, who'll stay with us, uh, as, as we complete the show. And as we come back, we have, uh, Kevin Ammerman on the way, uh, with, uh, certainly our twiddle notes for, for the week, as well as, uh, online shopping and kind of from a business standpoint and a consumer standpoint. So stay tuned for that. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to today's entrepreneur, inspiring stories from outstanding business people. My name is Josh Miller from FL Fullerlanda. We are here with Olivier Pru of Modena Kitchens, and we bring into the conversation Kevin Ammerman, uh, IT specialist uh, at FL Fullerlanda. And uh, Kevin, I, I, I love this report. Uh, I know consumers hate it because it means that their data has been lost or stolen or it's out there somewhere. But uh, I love our Twiddle report. This week in, data's, in data loss, what do you have for us this week? Well, without fail, a couple of more companies have run into problems in the last week or so. Uh, one of the big ones is the Starwood Hotels chain. Um, there were some other hotels in the news a few months ago because they had lost their, uh, their loyalty card program had been compromised and they lost a lot of information. Um, this time it's a little more mundane. It's more just credit card information. Uh, a whole bunch of uh, point of sale terminals were hacked into at these hotel chains and they, they lost a lot of consumer information. I, I don't think they're even quite sure how much information was lost yet, but it was quite a lot. So if you've been traveling, it might be a good time to check those uh, bank accounts. 
See what's going on? And there's re there's really nothing consumers can do to protect against against the data loss. All they can do is monitor, the, as you say, their own accounts, their own credit cards, and make sure there's no there's no fraud. Yeah, and this is where it's a little bit disappointing because it seems to be sort of standard now for a company that's gone through this kind of issue to try to provide some sort of credit monitoring to the people that might be affected. But that's really sort of uh, a token gesture. That's not, you know, these people, a lot of cases have to re rebuild their entire lives like mm -hmm. get new social insurance numbers new credit cards new, new, new you know fresh identification and it's really hard to recover from something like that so a little bit of monitoring really doesn't help so i know we're not even in december yet but uh it seems like online shopping and uh, the shopping season is always around when we're talking online uh, but there's there's definitely challenges uh from the consumer end of course and as well from the business end and and those that are selling so maybe you can share with us uh, a couple of challenges uh, that come right off the top of your head. Well, some of the businesses are really coming through these days. I think they did manage to launch some new security features in sort of anticipation of the, the big online shopping days that are coming up, or if, if not already hit. Um, Amazon is one of the biggies that just rolled out a new feature. It's called two-factor authentication. So this adds a lot of security to your online purchases because when you log into a web browser for the first time, it instead of just asking for a username and password, it sends an authentication code to your cell phone. So if you don't enter that authentication code, then it doesn't let you log on and you can't make any purchases. So make sure that you have two things. Uh, you gotta have that password, plus you have to have the right cell phone handy in order to actually get on the site. So this is a big deal. Uh, we're seeing more and more sites rolling out this kind of feature and it's really, really useful. So if, if you're subscribing to services that offer this, it's really a good idea to take advantage of it and try to protect yourself that way. And you, you see it often. I mean, even, you know, protecting your, your Gmail account or whatever, they always kind of ask for your, your mobile phone number because if they do need to verify security or somebody else is logged in, they can use that as, as another feature. Exactly. So Gmail has been on this for some time. Um, PayPal has had the, the feature in place for a little while. And it's really good to see other online services coming on board with this. And I hope to see it across more smaller stores as well. And uh, I think it's interesting, and certainly from a business standpoint, uh, people also, the, the entrepreneurs have to look in for out for it. So when we come back from the break, we'll kind of look at it from the other angle as well. For professional advice with a personal touch, consult Fuller Landau, chartered professional accountants and business advisors. Click on flmontreal.com. Welcome back to Today's Entrepreneur. This is Josh Miller from FL Fuller Landau, and uh, we're in conversation with Olivier Prou of Modena Kitchens, and we'll hear his one piece of advice for Today's Entrepreneur in just a couple of minutes. But we'll continue quickly our conversation with uh, Kevin Ammerman, uh, IT specialist. And Kevin, at the, at the top of the hour, we kind of chatted a little bit about Kickstarter and that, and you know the crowdfunding and that being an interesting avenue instead of finding uh, you know outside investors. But from a from an online management aspect and kind of, you know, the marketing, get things out there. Maybe, you know, what entrepreneurs can kind of think about is the the, the leverage of this. Well, it's a, it is a, a, a totally new vector for sales. It's a new approach. It's, it, and it really comes down to a new storefront for people. So um, consumers are pretty familiar with eBay and Etsy and these online marketplaces. So in addition to being sort of a, a, a new vector for people to raise money, it's a new place for people to buy stuff for presents for this upcoming holiday season. And small businesses can sort of take advantage of this. If they can find uh, a way to spin this where they can sort of distribute that production cost 
in a way that's appealing to, you know, a whole new set of people that are a little bit more adventurous or want to get their hands on these new gadgets sooner, this can be a really big opportunity for businesses. Now, once they once they kind of get beyond that and they have kind of their online presence and they're selling, the management of the back end is, is I'm sure, you know, really, I mean, of course it's important, but sometimes difficult. I and mean, you got to have your managing your online inventory and all that. There's a lot of challenges that would I would think come with that. For the Kickstarters, it's it, it's a little bit, they, they sort of provide the back end for that. They provide the management to actually uh, receive payments and all of this. But you've got to manage the supply chain that sort of feeds this. And this is where things get kind of interesting. So especially if your Kickstarter takes off and sort of goes out of control and you'll raise a lot more money than you expected, you got to be prepared to scale with this, right? So you've got to have the logistics in place for shipping, for manufacturing all this stuff, and for you know getting everything to the right place at the right time. So trying to make sure that that information infrastructure is in place it's a lot more than just signing up for a kickstarter with a brilliant idea you got to have some backing behind it and you got to have a plan in place to make things go and what a lot of uh, entrepreneurs don't realize or maybe they do sometimes is the front end is that's just the face there's so much that hap- that's happening behind the scenes thank you kevin uh, for for bringing that i know it's it's a topic we can probably spend a whole show on but uh, but we'll kind of stop there as we as we turn to uh, olivier Peru moderna kitchens and uh, you know in in his numerous years of of being in this business in this sector we'll turn to olivier and ask you olivier what would be your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur Probably not to take anything for granted as far as, uh, you know, if things are going well, I think you always have to still be ahead of the game and always be on the lookout for new trends and new products because uh, that's when it gets complicated if you're not uh, if you're not on top of things. Uh, thank you, Olivier. And, and my takeaway from the show is is kind of when your, your story about your how you found your supplier, Scavellini, and that was it was opportunistic. You kept your eyes open. You were looking for something new. You were starting out. And you really just kind of scoured and a little bit of luck because they were kind of in the neighborhood, but it's also you keeping your eye out for something. And I think things don't always fall in your lap. There is an element of luck, but not always the case. So I, for, for me, that's that's kind of what uh, what stood out a little bit in the in the show earlier. So thank you very much, Olivier, for uh, for joining us. Uh, Kevin Ammerman, uh, thank you very much. We are uh, and we are not here next week uh, as uh, traveling to my annual trip to Hong Kong. So we'll hear about that when I come back. Uh, and uh, we'll so we'll be back on December seventh and December fourteenth with a couple of shows. Thank you for staying tuned to today's entrepreneur. You can reach FL Fullandout during business hours at five one four eight seven five two eight six five or flmontreal.com. It's now eight o'clock. Thank you very much. The exchange is next.